something was asked of me and I just basically said, we're here, we're alive. Well, hello and welcome to Off the IR. I am your host, Dr. Aubrey Green, and I am once again happy to say that I'm being joined today, my co-host, Mariah Amber. How are we doing today? Hello, hello. I'm feeling great. I I told you a bit earlier before we logged on, uh, I won a gift card for my favorite green juice company, and I feel like I'm on top of the world. So happy Martin Luther King Day. <laughs> Interestingly enough, I read an article online today about whether it was appropriate to say happy MLK day. And yeah, and maybe that's a different thing based on your experience and how you do. I would say happy as well, because I feel like Mm -hmm. this day especially is different than other years. A lot of reflection going on. I've spoken about it before, Uh, but you can really sit here and say, where were you a year ago? Uh, in the mm-hmm. January and February months, as we get closer to where the pandemic kind of shut us all down, you can think back to that. And I think there's got to be some, like for me, I'm happy that the conversation has changed, that mm-hmm. we are seeing obviously many horrific sites in the US uh, and protests being done wrong and with yep. evil and hatred. Uh, but to know that we're at a point where people can speak out and we can have change uh, and that we can celebrate to a certain degree that these changes are happening. And I got to believe that uh, the people watching out over us uh, are smiling to some extent to know that the days in front of us uh, will be better. How does it make you feel? How does, how does, I know we live in Canada where we don't officially, which, you know what, to me, I would be completely comforted knowing we had a holiday that stood for something uh, that is so right like Martin mm-hmm. Luther King. So what would you, what does it mean to you? Well, you know, from a very young age, I've always been rooted in my culture. Uh, I am biracial, but my father made a point, like in our living room, we have Nelson Mandela. We've got a photo of Martin Luther King and Malcolm X. So right off the bat at the age of six years old, I even had to watch this series called Roots. And it just kind of channeled the beginning of slavery. It was one slave's life. So I've always been passionate about knowing my culture. And I think the beauty with Martin Luther King is his teachings, his speeches. In school, I was blessed enough to go to schools where we actually did projects on this icon. And so I think the beauty in the difference between this year and the year last year was I would have been in the middle of my season. I would have been working day to day. And I don't know if I would have had as much of a pause as I do now to really reflect and recognize. And I think with the social climate that we're in today, I think everybody kind of feels that we can really sit down and hopefully reflect and apply his teachings. You know, it is a bit sad that in the 1960s, we're kind of seeing history repeat itself, but I do have full faith in Gen Z and millennials and just everybody right now who's speaking out and you don't even need to be a minority to feel that. And I I really have a sense of pride and I follow Martin Luther King's uh, kids on Twitter. Well, they're not kids anymore. They're very much adults. And I'm constantly inspired. <laughs> my kids will so. always be my kids. So uh, you know <laughs> what? That, that, that's okay. Let, let, let your children always be your children. Exactly. So I, I say happy Martin Luther King Day because I take a lot of pride in his teachings. And I think you need to know your history. You can't really have a future unless you know your history. 
I, for one, someone who's dealt with loss and death, um, it warms my heart where people, when people honor people who are no longer here, uh, mm-hmm. and especially those who have paved the way, um, led by example, uh, and did make the world a better place while mm-hmm. they were here and beyond. So as I look to my life, um, this, this show, we had talked last week and I had ideas of what we would talk about today. And I obviously love uh, when we get into the sports realm and trying to get into the talks about helping people and healing people and how you guys can navigate your own physical uh, health uh, in this, as we've said, messed up world. Uh, mental health as well, how we all can get quote unquote off the IR, because uh, many of us are somewhat injured, uh, whether mm-hmm. that's physical or mental, uh, we're all affected in these days. Uh, but last week, last Thursday was January 14th, uh, which was 17 years since Brenda passed away. And mm-hmm. um when those moments happen, I almost feel somewhat obliged to use this platform to discuss that or what I might have went through and some of my experiences so that you at home, those who've, you know, have dealt with loss. Um, it's comforting sometimes to hear someone talk about their experiences that you've had as well and that you go through. For those of you who haven't experienced loss, I always feel so comforted because Boy, is that pain so aggressively real uh, and deep that, you know, if you haven't experienced it, uh, you know, I pray you never do. But I also recognize that um, if you have deep enough relationships Mm -hmm. in your lifetime and you live long enough, you're going to have those grief and those losses that carry forward with you for a long, long time. And, you know, January 13th, it was around uh, in the later afternoon, I kind of looked over to Julie and I said, I kind of start feeling it. And that's a day for sure. It's the only day in the calendar that I believe if you locked me up in a closet and uh, I couldn't see, I didn't have a watch on, I didn't have a calendar with me, my systems would know when it was January 14th. And I can't explain it beyond the fact that the sense is so heavy and real and you already, I get into that frame where it's, it's already on me and I've said it before. And I truly believe that certain emotions um, at the core cannot be controlled. And when they come over you, they come over you. And it's crazy to think that it's been 17 years because 17 years is like a lifetime. Uh, It's, it's, it's a long time. And um, I take the day, to disconnect. Uh, I actually go on Instagram just because I know she has, you know, she probably has more than one friend, but Brenda has a friend that always posts something and I like to see it. It makes me cry, but it also makes me smile um, Mm -hmm. because someone else is honoring her as they do in quiet ways in everybody's Mm -hmm. own right. You don't have to post it on a social platform to, to make it real or meaningful. Uh, but I disconnect from it because I just, it's not a normal day for me. And it's actually the only day that none of my athletes ever had access to me on any other day, uh, birth of my children that day. No, I wasn't going to choose you over, over my birth (laughs) of my child, but the same thing with Brenda, it's just a day. It's not a normal day in the calendar 
to me. And I have my own little routine, um, which is listening to a lot of songs, uh, my Brenda songs. Um, mm. And I go to the, I always go and get two dozen roses. It's actually mm. 25 roses that I, I bring 12 home for Julie and, and for my home. And then uh, 13 go to the cemetery. And now I put, I put 12 with Brenda and then I put one with my cousin, Dustin, who passed away a couple of years ago at the age of 36, who was wow. really impactful in my life. But the cemetery has always been a powerful place for me. And I've talked previously on the podcast about how I had these kind of overwhelming experience happen to me throughout my life that make me know that, hey, karma is real. The spiritual connection is real. And there are powers that are greater than us that make mm -hmm. stuff happen. And, you know, for whatever reason, I can actually think back to her funeral 17 years ago, uh, which it was a really cold day in January. It was one, we've had a mild January this year, uh, mm -hmm. but it was a really cold day in January. It was like minus 20. And I remember leaving the limo to go to the burial with my brother saying, put on a hat, put on like he had like earmuffs or hat. And I said, no, I'm fine. Like I was just not really there, but I was like, no, I'm fine. And it was so cold. And I remember like getting back into the limo after because right when the burial started, the sun so powerfully was shining down on my face. And I can remember looking up to the sky, obviously broken, but looking up to the mm -hmm. sky and feeling a sense of warmth over me. That was the first time that sun shined on my face and I knew it was Brenda. And mm -hmm. um, it was so powerful. I got back in after and everybody was freezing. My brother was freezing and he touched my ears and my face and they were warm and yeah. uh, makes the hair on my neck uh, yeah. <laughs> kind of stand up. But, uh, and so when I went to the cemetery, uh, this year on January 14th, it was very, very cloudy. And I've often, I said in, in, the, in the podcast that I did, uh, my sweet Brenda, uh, that I would encourage anybody to listen to, although it's a heavy listen. I mentioned that my therapist told me early on that, hey, you can ask Brenda for help. So I took that plus the experience I discussed uh, about Brenda coming in me and joining me in that sense of feeling her with me uh, to ask stuff. So I would go to the cemetery. The early years, it was like I'd go there three times a week because it was the only place I felt like I could be closer to her and comforted. And I'm not saying that's healthy because there were some a lot of unhealthy times, but it just mm -hmm. is what it what it was. But I used to go there and I and I would ask for a sign. And I remember I say, Brenda, please, I need a sign. And I would look behind me and a deer would be walking out of the forest. So oh when goodness. I pulled up to the cemetery, uh, as I have a smile on my face, when I pulled up to the cemetery uh, last week, uh, I got out of the car, I had the roses and it was the snow was there and I was wearing running shoes. And there was, uh, you could tell they were deer tracks or some animal tracks leading me to Brenda's tombstone. Wow. And it was really, really cloudy. And then the sun came out and was shining down on me. And I was listening to music, the songs over and over. And it was actually, to be honest, it's comforting because it's only me. I know it's me and Brenda and 
for me, it was comforting and not everybody needs to see comfort because some people would look at a cemetery understandably and say, oh, it's morbid or there's a lot, you know, like I get that. Um, mm-hmm. But finally my phone rang and it was Julie and she's like, something was going on at home. And uh, I originally said, Brenda, I'll stay here as long as the sun is shining, but the sun didn't go anywhere until I left the cemetery and then it was back wow. to, so it was just, you know, and then I came home and I'm, I'm blessed to see my family. And I got to tell you, it was like, there was like a little thing going on as my kids were homeschooling mm-hmm. and something was asked of me. And I just basically said, we're here, we're alive. Um, and we have our blessings and it just kind of that perspective, uh, by later in the afternoon, I was, uh, like which is a rare thing for me. I was kind of in bed by four, four thirty, just kind of lying there. Cause my body feels heavy and it's a challenge. And, mm-hmm. and what I realized this year, as I'm trying to better understand my thoughts to articulate them to you, I woke up January 15th and it's like a new year for me. It's just this wow. sense of like, I made it through another year. And I guess I've been doing that for a long time. I have a lot of blessings that surround me, but um, I definitely can empathize and for those who've gone through the heartache, but I can also mm-hmm. encourage other people who haven't experienced to understand that sometimes these things don't go away. Elements yeah. of certain things don't get better and they shape you. Um, and sometimes they shape you privately uh, and the public eye can never see it. Um, mm-hmm. And that's a lot of what my journey was um, living the you know private life I had. And then the obviously uh, the life I had uh, with the athletes I work with traveling, those things that were in much more of a spotlight. Um, the man within was the same guy who, who experienced that and had to kind of figure it out and it's challenging. And I still can sit here to this day and say that we as a society don't understand and struggle to deal with death. Uh, how do we talk about it? Uh, how do we comfort people? How do we know not to put our thoughts and our di- ideas in their heads? I just encourage people to support with love, not with judgment. And, and if you haven't walked in the shoes, um, mm-hmm. you know, it's it's simply being comforting to people and letting them know you care. That is often the greatest healing impact, not the words you're trying to find to comfort somebody, because sometimes those comforting words don't really exist. Uh, And as I sit here in 2021, um, I feel for what's going on around me. The world is going through their state of pause and struggle and uh, much of which doesn't get discussed as, you know, the pressure to keep moving uh, beyond is there. I can tell you that there are times where the solution doesn't exist and you're you are where you are. I'm just grateful Mm -hmm. that I can get to a point and I've gotten to a point in my life where I want to wake up on January 15th and I want to continue to do the best I can to impact people's lives. Um, But the struggle is real. Uh, Grief is real. And Mm -hmm. we do live in a physical world, uh, which, uh, you know, people want to embrace. And even now, you know, the struggle for a lot of people who are just need a hug and can't hug Mm. anybody. You know, my mom, she can't hug anybody. She lives alone and that's such a difficult thing. So I, I, 
I just, once again, my heart goes out to all those people who have struggles, uh, those which are visible and those that aren't, they're real. Uh, and I just hope that you can find strength and comfort and stability and meaning. Mm-hmm. Um, as I say meaning, I want to say one last thing, and then I'll let you join the podcast. <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh, I, I love hearing this. Um I saw on Instagram, Vanessa Bryant, uh, mm. the wife of the late, great Kobe Bryant, uh, one of my fan favorite guys. I, I was a huge Laker fan. Kobe was my guy growing up. And she talked about grief and she had a very like, wow, she's clearly blessed and wise and can comfort people and give them wisdom she said in her post, like how cruel and difficult it is to deal with grief. But she said that like finding meaning is what allows you to live life again. And her meaning is her children, obviously, uh, and the legacy of her husband. Uh, and I can kind of reflect on my journey. Problem was for me 17 years ago, I didn't have a meaning that I could see. And I had mm-hmm. a friend of mine uh, who became my best friend, Sari, who we became we met two years um, after Brenda passed away. Uh, ironically, but not ironically, her husband passed away on my birthday, um, December 18th uh, of, I believe it was 2006. And she had a son uh, who was very young at the time when her husband passed away, but that was her, we used to talk about it. That was her meaning. That was, you know, mm-hmm. and I recognize for me, if I would have tripped and fall at that point in my life, it was just my face I was scratching up. Obviously, the people watching wouldn't have liked it. But I definitely can applaud uh, and respect and so much love towards her, Vanessa Bryan and her family um, mm-hmm. and her recognizing the meaning. So if you have meaning in your life, there's your purpose. Uh, and I just, you know, like now I know and I said it to Dylan uh, And I talked to Dylan, my son, I'm not trying to tell you, I don't talk to my daughter, Faith, but Dylan's Mm -hmm. just emotionally at a different stage of his understanding than Faith would be. Mm -hmm. And he knows who Brenda is in our lives. And he knows that January 14th is a sad day. Um, I also let him know that, like, thank you for being my reason, you know, like Mm -hmm. him, him, you know, so I have that meeting that trumps everything out. And I can continually find a way uh, to balance the struggle of life and death, uh, which has now just become more of a peaceful understanding where everybody's there. It's the way it was meant to be. Um, not an easy life, <laughs> not an easy life, but, but I'm, I'm, I'm blessed to be in the seat that I am. Um, and I hope that I can provide comfort to you, um, showing you my realness. Wow. What a beautiful recognition too. I think speaking about finding your why in hard times, it's, it's not an easy thing to eventually get there. Cause I'm sure there was a process when I think about grief or mourning, I realize it's a multi-layered process in a way, because you're not only mourning the loss of an individual you care about, you're mourning your old life. And then from that, you're also trying to, I guess, figure out your purpose while you have all these other thoughts coming to you. Because I think in that moment, it's really hard to navigate when maybe this was the first loss that you've also went through as well. So I say this because I, someone super close to me also lost his brother last year. 
And he had told me, he said, you know, now I just have to live a new normal. And sometimes that's really hard for people to accept. So my question to you is I, I'm pretty much around the age you were when you lost Brenda and you are now in your forties. So is there anything you would tell yourself at 28 years old, knowing what you do now? I know you said finding your meaning, but you were really in a space that I think a lot of people go through when they have such a hard loss and you were able, I don't want to say pull yourself out of it, but you were able to learn a lot about yourself and connect with also your kids with something that happened many years ago. So what would you tell your younger self or anybody in their twenties that, you know, loses someone at such a young age? I'm telling you the biggest challenge so much bigger than it ever was before is dealing with society and mm. dealing with the outside kind of pressure. And that wasn't my biggest issue, but that uh, in order for me to sustain myself to a point through darkness that I could get to a point and find real light. Um, and that's, mm -hmm. I think part of it is like, Aubrey, you just lost Brenda. You're 28 years old. She was, a part of everything that was going to be you and everything that you envisioned and everything that drove you, uh, mm -hmm. you're, there wasn't meaning for me. Um, I'm blessed that I still had the responsibility to work because work became where I was able to give back and find meaning, uh, and responsibility, um, mm -hmm. and learn accountability stuff elsewhere. Uh, but I would tell, my younger self that the way you're committed to Brenda, the love that you share, you're going to have a tough time and mm -hmm. you're going to live a lot of dark years. Um, but don't change who you are. Don't the things that comfort you. Like I took pride and I still do in being Brenda's husband. So I never lost that pride. I, I, I never gave it up. Um, no one ever took it away from me. And it's still the one thing that I have that you, you take strength in. Um, and, you know, I, I wouldn't look back and tell myself to do anything differently because I understood why it all happened. And times were tough. I think the biggest challenge for me is, is that the post-traumatic stress resulted in a big memory gap. Uh, but I'm not sure I'm meant to remember those times anyways, because they were really, mm -hmm. really dark. And mm -hmm. there was just a lot of pain. And when it wasn't this sense of acting, you know, fake it till you make it, whether that was in, I was in a, you know, my professional role, it's just hard. It's, but the stream only goes in one direction, right? So mm -hmm. you can't fight so many things. And I will say this, do the therapy that I did. So I made some, I made some good decisions along the way um, that I'm not sure if I made those good decisions or, you know, this divine intervention, this connection between Brenda and I, this deep understanding of who she was as a, as a, as a soul guided me to make the right decisions, mm -hmm. but um, being okay, you know, not moving on, um, and not trying to move past it, that was key. Uh, and that sucks because that means you have to live through grief. That means mm -hmm. that you can't like, because I don't really believe that you can dodge and avoid. Um, so I think I did all that stuff that allowed me to get to a point 
to get to where I am today, where I have peace. And I said it at her funeral in some element, this idea that Brenda taught me about no regrets, about, you know, doing what you needed to do when you wanted to do it. And like reminding myself that I did right to the best of my ability at that age was also important, you know, being kind to yourself. I probably looked at ways of trying to beat myself up and that's normal. Um, but when I look back on it and if I'm saying thing to anybody, like the biggest advice that I would give anybody is don't just assume that the relationship is over. Mm. Do not assume that the relationship is done with. It is going to go and it can go to a different level and a different uh, spiritual level, but it still exists, not for all. Some people's ideals and their beliefs and their religious beliefs and all these other things can change what they may feel or their experiences. So it's yours to feel, but I can only tell you from my perspective, understanding that the relationship lives on, the commitment lives on, um, and that the journey can be shared together. That gave me a lot of comfort, uh, guided a lot of dark days, and also never made me feel alone. Doesn't mean I wasn't lonely. Um, so there's a lot of depth to that stuff that I wish I, mm -hmm. you didn't even have to know of. Mm -hmm. Did I answer your question at all? Or did I just ramble today? No, 100% you did. And actually, you kind of led into another thought that I had where I think everything we're experiencing now in the future, it'll equip us with the proper skills. So what you had actually mentioned a few episodes back is once the pandemic hit, a lot of people are unable to kind of live alone with themselves, with their thoughts and myself included, I think I learned the most about myself this past year than I have in the last 10 years. And so I, it, as much as things stopped and had kind of my life turned upside down for a moment, it forced me to also look at everything that I'm feeling or experiencing now. I just want to think that it's going to make me a better person in the end. I think everything that you experienced back when you were in your 20s with the Brenda situation it made you a better father, in my opinion. It probably made you a better husband as well because you have a sense of vulnerability and compassion that maybe not a lot of people have at this point in time or at this age. So I like to look at maybe the circumstance that we're in as, you know, it's just preparing us for maybe something that may happen in the future. Knock on wood, hopefully not another pandemic, but it's equipping, or at least I felt like I've been equipped with more skills to maybe handle whatever life throws at me better than what I would have a couple of years ago. Amen so thank you that. for that. Thank you for your vulnerability. Life's challenging. And mm -hmm. I reiterate that because it always comes back to whatever you're experiencing. Don't expect it to be easy, um, but it's a part, it's, it's persevering through it. And it definitely sets you up. I am a much, much, much more equipped father mm -hmm. uh, than I would have been if I hadn't experienced it. And the only reason I know that is because I prioritize it. I, when Brenda passed away, if you want to tell me what you think, you know, when you look at, you talked earlier as you've grieved for what you've lost, I also lost the idea of would I be a parent? And I didn't think that I was going to be able to naturally uh, have children because I didn't think I would meet someone who would understand my life and mesh with my life and, and be able to build a life with them. But once I had children, I prioritized that above everything else. And I can tell you 
advice to young parents, old parents, my opinion, having seen the world the way I've seen it, uh, part of being a great parent is choosing your children first. Um, part of choosing your children first is not getting lost in all the stuff that you want to get for oneself, which is all the input that's being thrown at you as you navigate your life outside your home. Mm-hmm. Um, but no doubt, uh, what I've been through, what I persevered through, uh, allows me to be better today. I'm not struggling through this pandemic like most are. Um, and I don't say that with a sense of arrogance or, you know, I'm not saying that to gloat and sit here like with my chest up. It's simply stated that I understand that this world is just wavy, rocky. Um, lots of stuff comes at you. Uh, lots of disappointment from other angles that you don't control. And the, a successful journey means you learn how to navigate the path and that mm. the path keeps going. And I ultimately learned how to navigate the path with stuff that comes at me. Um, once again, I'd rather someone learn those skills and without having to go through the heartache. So maybe mm-hmm. the perseverance, just the fact that you lost the gig or the show got shut down, not the fact that you get decimated to the point that I would. And that's, mm-hmm. that's the whole thing is like, hopefully I can use some of my experiences to just highlight some of the little struggles that people are going through, get your perspective back, get your perseverance back and uh, be grateful for what you have because yeah. most people have a lot to be grateful for. They're just struggling with the journey. And if you can find ways to cope with that, which is hard, like I, as I said, it's really, uh, it's easy for me to sit here all these years later and to talk about it. it. To be honest with you, it's easy to look back on it. It would be a lot harder to pull the tape out. And I'll tell you mm-hmm. when I, when I say pull the tape out, I had this, really weird sensation a couple weeks ago to watch the Truman show. Did you ever see the Truman show? Okay. I've been meaning to, it's done with Jim Carrey living on a TV set, correct? Something like that. And (laughs) it came out in 1998 and Brenda passed away in 2004. And the Truman show is always kind of in my head. And uh, in this reflective period, I'm like, why is it in my head? And I tried to rewatch it and I didn't get too far. And, but I understand why I associated with it. And the premise of the movie is, is like Truman was kind of born into a family where a director took him, built a whole um, TV set and a whole world around him. And the world was always watching him. So he was a channel and he was the Truman show and people could watch him from all his things. And so many things were kind of like, situated so not a lot of his life was real um Mm. i felt like that in a really weird kind of way for a lot of my life and not in a good way um in terms of like is this real am i really going Mm. through this because all these weird things were happening and situated and like are people looking at me like it was it was a lot of things that happened and I guess the reality is, is that we're all kind of pawns in a bigger world and a bigger scheme. And sometimes it's hard to be comfortable in your own skin. And I think that's Mm. what that whole thing, once I look back at the movie, I was like, yeah, maybe there's not a great analogy here for what I'm going through, but I definitely, you know, understand the concept of feeling like, how can this really be what life is meant to be? 
And uh, it's so much easier once you get past certain things and you can reflect and you can put things into chapters and articulate it differently um, and sit there comfortably and have, you know, I'm going to say this, and maybe this is where we wrap things up today. A lot of people have talked to me and I've talked to a lot of people um, about happiness um, and the pursuit of happiness. And I think one of the things that I know I needed uh, and that I eventually got, and I say at the end of the show where I say peace and love, but it's peace. Um, I think that's something that more people should be striving for within Happiness is a hard thing to, to target as the goal of what you're trying to have in your life. And because that's an emotion that's dependent on how something is going. Um, mm -hmm. And there's so much in life that we will all go through that won't make you happy, but you can be at peace. And when you have peace, you have a chance to have happiness and all these other things. And I do believe peace is achieved once there's a sense of calmness and understanding that, hey, it could be really stormy outside and there could be a lot of stuff. This is just where we're at. But like just to try and pursue a sense of calmness or peace within um, and knowing that, hey, don't choose happiness as that as your parameter, because sometimes, as I said, like I'm proud of the times that I spent in grief, not because I got a badge and not because I want a prize and not because it was fun, but that's because that's where I belong given what I was going through. And if I was pursuing happiness at that point in my life, I probably would have made a lot of bad decisions and maybe I made a few, but I was okay understanding that it was still Aubrey and Brenda. I was still her husband, she was still my wife and I had to find a way to make that life work. And I know that I can sit here 17 years later and very proud of the life on earth that I've created for all of us. When I say all of us, I mean, obviously not everybody is listening today. <laughs> I wish I could impact your life that way. But when I, when I look at Brenda, Julie, Dylan, Faith, and I can add Peachy to the mix now, uh, my sweet little puppy for a puppy. Mm. Uh, but it's, um, it's that sense of peace that I always kind of turn to. And I know that, you know, I wish it all, I wish it for all of you. Uh, and, and I don't wish the struggles, but I know that they're there and they're real and they're amongst us now. So finding a way to make it through another day, um, to give yourself a chance to see the light at the end of the tunnel. Uh, and that's essentially what I did through perseverance by persevering through those times, by not throwing in the towel, by continuing to show up in certain places as I continue to be myself, uh, where I needed to be myself, um, yielded the outcome that I can now be comfortable with. Um, and I welcome the questions. I hope I answered yours today because you asked me a poignant one. I always think about that. People ask, you know, like a lot of the athletes do that where they talk about, you know, my 16 year old self or writing a letter to yourself and all those kind of things. Um, I, I think I ended up exactly where I knew I would be through the dark wave. Um, and I'm once again, perseverance has a shit ton of value in life and don't give up mm -hmm. as, as, as Jim Valveno said, don't give up, don't ever give up. And I think that that, uh, in 2021, uh, it's a, it's a pretty 
good attitude to, uh, to go with. Amazing. I think anybody with ears that is listening to this will be moved a lot by what you've said. I know I have. And I think what's meant for us is already ours and our experience is only going to hopefully make us better individuals. So thank you for your insight. Cause I know as a young person asking someone who I also look up to or different role models, you want to be your best self and it's so hard to navigate life. So I think somebody like you, who's gone through such a tough experience and you're also a lot older than me, I'm able to draw different points that you said, and hopefully take that with me for the rest of my life. So thank you for that. I think the search for peace is very much something that I will hold on to for as long as I live. And a reminder to many that the peace actually exists. One of the conversations that I had with, um, both Julie, my wife, and uh, our nanny, Lynn, who's a wonderful woman, um, is just sometimes you're at a safe place and a peaceful place. Embrace it if it's there. It might not be exactly where you want to be, when you want to be there, but if it's safe and it has a level of peace, it probably is not a bad place to be during tough times. So as we wrap up today, um, once again, thanks for listening. Uh, thanks for letting me share uh, a little bit of me or a lot of me um, and letting me honor Brenda as I do so. Um, I would also encourage everybody, as I say goodbye today, to hug your loved ones if you can. Mm. Uh, if you can't hug them, pick up the phone. Today's a perfect day. It's Monday. Start a new week. If you're listening to this, maybe it's Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. But <laughs> any day that ends with why is a good opportunity for you to pick up the phone and tell somebody you care about them and hopefully impact their life. As always, Mariah, thanks for joining me. Everybody else, thanks for listening. Until next time, I wish you peace and love.